singing songs like that. Uh, they just they, those songs sound so great uh, when you're singing them. They have a beautiful melody to them. You're like, take everything, take it all, Jesus, take it all. It's all yours. It's all yours. And then you gotta walk out the doors and you gotta live it, which is a whole nother thing, right? Like, it's great to sit in the seats and sing these songs, but man, it takes grit, it takes determination, it takes discipline, it takes hard work. You know, we're in the series called Rock Your World, and we're talking about discovering the the God-given purpose that He has for you, that God has a great calling on your life, something He wants to do through you, but when you step into that, we're going to learn this today, that man, it's not always easy. When I I say take everything, it's not not always a cute little melody going to be rough. It's going to be difficult. It will take everything. But man, on the other side of giving everything is everything. Everything you desire, everything you could ever want is on the other side. You got to persevere. You got to have some grit and some determination. And we'll get through this. We'll get to the other side. Come on, high five three people around you. Tell you you're going to get to the other side. You're going to get to the other side. You're going to get to the other side. Just need to encourage each other today. You have a Bible. We're in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew's Gospel chapter 16. And we're talking about uh, discovering your your purpose and this calling that God might have on your life. Uh, the great commission, or, or excuse me, the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. We say it every week. The, the great commandment is all about taking the hope, healing, peace, and purpose of Jesus into the world. There's not just a, a great commandment. There's a great calling. God has a great calling on your life. There's a unique and particular purpose he's created you for. Maybe you don't know what that is. I want to encourage you, next Sunday during this service, we're going to have Discover class. If you've never been through Discover class, when you go through that class, it's right out there in the front room. We'll keep the kids for you. In that class, you're going to discover how you uniquely fit into this body of people who are world changers. I mean, literally, if you're new, you're going to meet people that are literally changing the world and our entire city and culture, turning it upside down. And you have a part to play in that. We want to help you get connected in that class. You'll also begin to discover your purpose. Laura and I are also doing something we're calling a a Discover Group. We're going to gather about 20 people in our home. And if you want to be a part of that, we're going to walk through about four weeks of discovering your purpose. And any of those you want to discover class, a Discover Group. By the Discover Group, by the way, only about 20 people because uh, our living room isn't large enough to accommodate more than that. So we've got to limit it to that number. So if you want in on that, if you want to come to Discover Class, grab a Next Step card, fill that out, write Discover, Discover Class or Discover Group, and we'll get in contact with you. And if you forget what any of those are, just write the word Discover, and we'll call you, and we'll get it all worked out for you. So Matthew chapter 16, if, if you're new to church... Matthew was one of the disciples of Jesus, one of the 12, and he wrote down the accounts of Jesus' life. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were here in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to be in verse 21. So Matthew and the disciples, and this is the life of Peter that we're looking at through this series and his unique calling. And so Peter is a disciple, been following Jesus. They're, They're on their way to Jerusalem. 
And you need some context here, by the way. So, so Peter and the disciples, they don't really understand what Messiah really means. They, they kind of think Jesus is going to go and set up shop and overthrow Rome, and they're going to kind of all be in charge, and it's going to be different. And so Jesus is about to turn it on its head for them because they're not getting it. They're not understanding. So he's like, all right, I got to speak plainly. And that's where we get to, verse 21, Matthew 16, verse 21. I love this. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Now, you understand that? They don't know. They don't understand. So Peter takes him aside, began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid. This is never going to happen to you. Are you kidding me? Jesus turns to Peter, and he says this. Get away from me, Satan. Parents, you have my permission to use that on your kids. Use that on your kids. Get away from me, Satan. Just go to your room. It's in the Bible. Go. He says, listen, he says, you're seeing things from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to all the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you got to give up your own way. You got to take up your cross. You got to follow me. You try to hang on to your life. You're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake... You'll save it. Today, I, I want to talk about the rocky road on the way to your purpose, the rocky road on the way to your purpose. Father, thank you for this worship. Thank you for this church and the men and women who are here. Thank you for the people that are just changing our city and changing our world. I pray they're encouraged today through the word. And God, for those who don't know anything about their purpose or calling, I pray, God, today is going to be a day where you begin to awaken them and and for those that don't even have a relationship with you, that, that are just here and trying to figure out who you are, would you give them a glimpse and would your spirit speak to them in a way that they could have some understanding of who you are? Be blessed, God, through your word. Be honored through your word today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, all right, you can, you can sit down. So our house right now is kind of turned upside down. Because um, Laura and I are in the process of, of moving her mom in with us. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I was, uh, uh, all my buddies are, are like, dude, your, your mother-in-law's moving in with you? Are you serious? What's that like? And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's amazing. Like, whenever I go over to her house, she hands me a gallon of ice cream and the remote control. Why didn't you move in earlier? She's incredible. She's sitting right there. She's an amazing woman of God. And she's, give, her, give her some love. She's amazing. I love her. Super excited about this transition in this time. And, and, but we have had to get the house ready um, because she's moving into one room. We're moving to another room. And, and we started looking at our house and looking at our carpet. And I'm like, we can't have your mom living on this carpet. <laughs> it's okay for the kids. But... <laughs> But not your mom. Kids, you just tough it out. And so we're looking at this carpet. To describe this carpet, like if you came over, you'd be like, oh, did you stain your concrete? Nope, that's the carpet. It has been there a long time. And, and if anybody's done any home improvements, I never have. This is like the first time in 30 plus years of marriage we've ever done anything like this. So we're putting this carpet and we start looking at the carpet and then the carpet touches the tile. And then if you've ever done this, you know, you're like, oh, we can't have that. 
even that tile, that was like, I mean, it's old tile. Like, I think it was laid by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, they're the same guys who put in my furnace. Ah, come on! I don't care if you like it. I thought that was great. I, sometimes I just like to crack myself up. No, it's been there for a long time. And so we went to the store and we picked it out and they showed us the brochure and they're like, this is what it's going to look like. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. And so then we go home and, and uh, I didn't know this, but DIY stands for do it yourself. <laughs> really mean yourself. I, I didn't, you know, and if you're not careful, DIY will eventually lead to D-I-V-O-R-C-E if you're not careful. Because we, um, what we discovered was we, not only that, but we looked and we have popcorn ceilings, and I'm like, well, if we're going to do the carpet and we're going to do the tile, then we probably should do the popcorn ceilings, and so we had to take the ceiling stuff down, and then I was like, well, and we had to move every room of our house is in another room, people. I am literally, everything upstairs is in the garage, our master bedroom is in the front room, and the kitchen stuff is in the dining room. I don't think this is computing for you. I I took a picture of our dining room. This is our dining room right here. That's not supposed to be there. And that is not a functioning toilet either. And by the way, up in the shadow is the refrigerator. That, those two items are not supposed to be in the same room together. Although it would be more convenient, wouldn't it? If you... No? Did he just make potty jokes in church? I think he just made potty jokes. I can't, I can't go to church if he does potty humor. You're going to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know how to help you with that. So it just grows, and it's just a wreck, and it's a mess. Not anything like I envision. And then, and then uh, Laura's friend, Mindy Darnell, and some of you know Mindy, and you're like, isn't she your friend? Not anymore. Because <laughs> she came over, and she's like, oh, look at these baseboards. You can't have baseboards like this. These are a wreck. You're going to put new carpet in. you got to paint the baseboards. And so she goes and grabs a gallon of white paint and goes, hands me the paintbrush, and walks out the door. Like, you got to be kidding me. She actually, no, I'm kidding. She actually stayed. She helped. She did a lot of, a lot of the project for us. But, but I, these baseboards, I, when you paint a baseboard white, you have to paint every baseboard, door frame, and door in the entire house. At one point, I was down painting the baseboard, and Laura was like, are you crying? <laughs> yes, I can't do this <laughs> My hands are crapping. Get up. I don't have man hands, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Some of you are like, you can get some man hands. No, I am a minister of the gospel. I must have hands of compassion and mercy and grace. <laughs> that's what I keep telling myself because I got blisters all over my hands. I swear, I think, you're gonna, I, I think that's a picture of hell. You're going to show up and they're going to hand you a paintbrush. They're going to say, hit the baseboards. You're going to go on for miles and miles. When, when God bursts a dream, when he bursts a purpose and, 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 and a calling in your life, you, you see it in your mind. 
and it looks like the brochure, doesn't it? You're like, man, that looks amazing. That's going to be incredible. And, and you know it's going to be hard, but you just have no idea how hard it's going to be. Listen, when you step out into your purpose, when you step out into your calling, you have to understand there will be some rocky roads. There will be some rocky roads. Tell somebody you came with, there will be some rocky roads. There, there's going to be moments of struggle. Why is this happening? Like, God, I, I, I was going to do, and why are we going this, and you said this way, and the world is turned upside down, and it's, I didn't know it's going to be this hard, and why is this happening I don't understand. This is not what I signed up for. That's Buddy Davis, the leader of Abba Compassionate Ministries. Um, you're all encouraged now to embrace that, aren't you? He did it. Look what's happening to him. I'm not doing that. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be difficult days. It's not always going to go right. And this is where Peter, right here in Matthew's gospel, this is where he finds himself. Like he, Peter, is, uh, Peter is following Jesus, okay? And everything is, is going good. Like he's, he's given up the fishing business and he's following Jesus and he's been chosen out of the crowd to be one of the 12, the inner circle. And, and he's, he knows Jesus is the Messiah and he's like, oh, this is in, and in his mind, he thinks Messiah means he's going to go and set up a throne and, and overthrow Rome and he's going to sit on this throne and they're all going to be in charge together. He has a, a kind of skewed idea of what all Messiah implied, but he's, he's walking and he's following and everything's going according to plan. In fact, just a few verses earlier, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Jesus says, Peter, you're the rock. I'm going to start the church on you. And Peter's like, cool. I don't know what that is. I just know I'm second in command. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> he picked me. <laughs> Too bad, John. Be the beloved. But I am going to, you know, he's just like, he's excited. He's going to be second in command. And then suddenly Jesus announces a different plan, and Peter's plans blow up in his face. Look at verse 21. In verse 21, Jesus says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And guess what? The leaders there, uh, they're going to turn on me, and I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to die. And not only am I going to die, but I'm, I will be risen again on the third day. But Peter, Peter, Peter doesn't even, doesn't even hear raised from the dead, nor does he even understand what that, that means. He's, he's like, I, I don't even know what that means. He's completely confused. He's like, hey, hang on. No, we're going we're gonna to march into Jerusalem. I got that part of it down. And, and, and then we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to take over. You're going to kick Rome out. You're going to ascend the throne. And Peter, James, John, the three of us, me, we're like the, the three amigos. And, and we're going to go in and we're going to take over. And it's going to be awesome. What are you talking about? This makes no sense. Listen, when you, when you think about your purpose and, and your, your calling, all of us want to know 
what the future holds. All of us want to know and we want God to tell us what's going to happen. We want to be able to IMDB it. Anybody got that app on your phone, IMDB? It's the, the movie app, and you can go on there, and you can look up movies. And I think that's what we want to do. We want to IMDB it. We just want to, how many stars does my purpose and calling have? It's got to have at least four out of five, or I'm not in, okay? I mean, I want to watch a trailer of it. If I could watch a trailer and kind of see how it's going to play out, check out some of, some of the reviews. I'm, I'm not really sure if this is what I want to do, that, that somehow... If I were able to see the future, it would somehow make it easier, but it would not. It would actually become more difficult for you. Here's why it would become more difficult is because there is trouble ahead. I don't know if that's nine weeks. I don't know if that's nine months. I don't know if it's nine years. But, but trouble is coming. And, and if God were to show us the trouble that is coming, I think most of us would say, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in, in that. I'll just sit this one out. Reminds me of Joseph in, in Genesis. You can read this story later if you want. But Joseph, he has this dream, and he's going to be a great leader. And he has this dream, and his brothers are, he's going to be in charge of his brothers. And so he tells his brothers, I'm going to be your boss. They get ticked off at him. They get jealous. They sell him off into slavery. Joseph is a slave, and then when he's a slave, he gets falsely accused of rape. He gets thrown into prison, and he's in prison for over a decade. And then finally, through a miracle and through the course of what God had planned for him in his life, God raises him up. He becomes second in command of all of Egypt. But I, I wonder if Joseph, if God had shown him the trouble that was coming, if Joseph would have went, maybe I shouldn't share this dream with my brothers. That's what it's like for you and for I. We don't want to really know. We think we do, but we really don't. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is where I'm going to kind of be for a few minutes is when you feel far from your calling, keep following. When you feel far from your calling, keep following. See, God's plan was not the plan that, that Peter had in mind. And in, in Matthew 16, 22, it says this, Peter took him aside, began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this, this is never going to happen to you. So P Peter, Peter's Basically, he's like, I'm going to get control of the situation. I'm going to get Jesus back on track with what we're supposed to be doing. And he, he reprimands God. Ah! Are you kidding me? Can you, how did that go down? Can you imagine that moment? Hey, Jesus, here, why don't you, why don't you come in my office here for a minute? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, shut the door. Shut, shut the door. We need to talk. Yeah, so have a seat. Have a seat. All right, so, um, yeah, about this dying thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, but we have a plan. I need you to work the plan. That's okay, now, so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I've, I've kind of written it out here. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to put you on a 90-day probation. It's going to go in your personal file, <laughs> and I need you to sign this. We think that is just completely ridiculous, don't we? Because we would, we would never reprimand God, would we? I would never. Really? <laughs> like you ever tried to act like you're not mad at God? Put on the church face? 
People come up, hey, how's that going? It's fine. <laughs> it ain't fine. It's like, it's like trying to act like you're not mad at your spouse. You, or you know, you're, you know you know your spouse is mad and they're trying to act like they're not, they're not mad. You're mad. I'm not mad. No, you're mad. I'm not mad. You're mad because you're rolling your shoulders. I'm not rolling my shoulders. <laughs> it's like you're not fooling your spouse and you're not fooling God. So this is what Peter, listen, Peter, Peter got frustrated and angry because he couldn't control what was happening. We are no different than Peter. I mean, think about this. Don't you get angry at your boss because he won't do or she won't do what you want them to do? We get angry at, uh, at teachers and professors because they won't do what we think they ought to do. We get, mar- we get angry at, at our spouse because they won't do what we want them to do. Parents, we get angry at our kids. Kids and, and adults, we get angry at our parents because we can't control them and we can't get them to do what we want them to do. And we do the same thing with God when we pray. We just disguise it differently. We call it prayer. We sit down and we're like, hey, God, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to need you to come in here. If you wouldn't mind, have a seat. Yeah, so um, shut the door. Yeah, have a seat. So um, listen about this purpose and calling thing that you have for me. So I don't know if you saw the brochure that you showed me. This is the brochure you showed me. Yeah, um, looks really good. I don't know if you're seeing what's, what's really swirling around here. <laughs> what's happening? I need you to get back on track. Now, I've come up with a couple of ideas. Well, I'll do this. I came up with a couple of ideas. What I need you to do is bless it and do it, okay? And if you wouldn't mind... <laughs> Slide it over here. I need you to sign this. It's going to go in your personal file for 90 days, and I want to see it in about 90 days, if you don't mind. This is what we do. This is what Peter was doing here. And so Jesus turns to Peter. He says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. I mean, Peter goes from Simon to Satan in a span of 10 verses. You think you're having a bad day? Man, Peter, like earlier in the chapter, Jesus is like, you're Simon, I will now call you Peter, which means rock. Yeah. You are Peter, and now you're Satan. That's a bad day. What's going on here? Jesus is getting ready to save the world. He's getting ready to go to the cross for the salvation of the entire world. And Peter, Peter is thinking about himself and what he's going to lose and what he's going through and what's going to happen to him. It's all about him. And you've got to know this. My purpose and my calling is not about me. It's never been about me. It's about the purposes and plans of God. Your calling, your purpose is not about you. Come on, tell somebody behind you, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. It ain't, no, it's, it's about the purposes and the plans of God. It's about him being glorified. I'm not the star of my story. It's not even my story. Now, whoa, hey, hello, hang on a second here, because that is, whoa, <laughs> what? 
This world and this culture says, write your story. Make it about you. But I want to tell you, if you make it your story, you are making your life small and insignificant. And you will end up one day miserable and have accomplished little in your life. And what God is inviting you to do is to step out of your insignificance and into his grander story so that you can find significance. I'm not the star. He's the star. I'm playing a role. He's inviting me into his story. He's saying, Brad, I am writing a pretty good story here. I need your help. And God wants to use you in that way. And that's what makes our life significant. And Jesus, he had, he had the greatest calling of all. We have a great calling. He has the greatest calling, the salvation of the world. But he also understood that he had an enemy, and he recognized that Satan was setting a trap for him. I have mice uh, in my office, and uh, they've been there the last couple of years, and so I went out and I got some good old Oklahoma traps that are not PETA-friendly, you know, those ones. <laughs> Love those ones. And the mice were eating my candy, and so I set these little traps, and I put little Tootsie Rolls on it. I was like, oh, you want some candy? Come get some candy. Come get some candy. I got some candy for you. And so I came back a couple days later, and there was one. Wham, I got him. He's just kind of kind of doing this number here. And I was like, yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. And I called my kids in. This is what you get if you eat candy. Don't eat candy. So no, I didn't do that. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But I was like, this is what you get. Yeah, and, and I left him there. I'm going to leave you right there. Because I wanted his buddies to show up and go, oh, man, I don't want any of that. I'm going to Daniel's office. I don't want <laughs> The enemy is setting a trap for you. And he is baiting it. And the way that he baits it is to get you to see things from a human point of view. He wants you to see it from a selfish point of view. What I want, what I desire, and that I don't want to go through this to get to that, and it gets you all, all focused on what you're going through instead of where God is leading you. And I get focused on what is happening here instead of where God is trying to take me. This is the great bait of the enemy. And I like what the Apostle Paul said about this. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, he wrote a letter to the Corinthian church, and he said this, now we see things what? Imperfectly. We see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But, but then we will see everything with what? With what? Perfect clarity. And in other words, Jesus here, Jesus is saying, Peter, Peter, one day, man, one day you're going to see everything with perfect clarity. One, one day, you, this, is, this is all, it's all going to make sense, Peter. One day, just not today. But you got you to trust me. If you're taking notes, write this down. I can trust God's point of view despite my own point of view. I can trust God's point of view despite my own point of view. I, and God, why? What is happening? And why, why is it going this way? And I thought it was going to be different. I, but you know what? I don't see it from the way you see it. I'm never going to see it the way you see it. I can't look through your eyes because you're God and I'm just a, just a guy. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that you, you see everything. You see the bigger picture because I, I, I don't get it and I don't understand. But, but I'm going to trust you because you'd never let me down before. And I know that you will lead me to the purposes and plans that you have for me. This is what God wants to do. And Jesus knew his disciples were struggling, not just Peter. He knew they were all struggling. So he turned to all of them and he said this in verse 24. If any of you wants to be my follower... You got to give up your own way and do what? Say this with me. What? Take up your cross. Come on, one more time. What? Take up your cross and follow me. Write this down. This is the last thing I want you to write down. There's a cross to every calling. There's a cross to every calling. Nobody understood that better than Jesus, who went to the cross. The cross. There's, a, there's an old hymn, and it says, the emblem of suffering and shame. Like Jesus knew that if I'm going to get to my great calling and the greatest calling, I am going to have to suffer to get to that calling. And for all of us, listen, there will be difficult days. Come on, tell somebody around you there's going to be some hard days. There's going to be some hard days. You will be tested. You're going to be tested, and it isn't always going to go the way that you thought it would go. But that's the purpose of the cross. The cross is is designed for you to give up control. Jesus, think about this, went to the cross, the salvation of the world. Do you know how vulnerable he was in that moment when he put that cross on his shoulder? In that moment, he was giving up all control. He's like, I'm trusting the Father on this one because they're leading me where I don't want to go. And and, and that's what the cross is. It's about giving up control and trusting God despite what I see. Because on the other side of every cross is a resurrection. On the other side of every cross is is a resurrection. I mean, there is purpose and there is a a calling that will be fulfilled in your life. Come on, give me an amen if you believe that. Amen? There's a purpose and there's a calling on the other side. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, Laura and I were in Colorado at our um, son's wedding, and we got a day away by ourselves. And so we went to a little ski town called Breckenridge that we love and and we just went and walked and just enjoyed the day. And, and then we headed back uh, on I-70 back to Denver and, and where we were staying. And all of a sudden, we started seeing brake lights. And everything came to a sudden stop. And I pulled out my Google Maps and I looked and it was all red all the way back to Denver. <sighs> and then I look and not only that, but they are... They are Everyone is exiting the interstate, and they're taking us off of the interstate, off onto some small little tiny side highway, the entire interstate. I get up to where we're exiting, and there's a highway patrolman. I said, what's going on? He said, oh, there's a, there's a truck that's overturned, and come to find out it was over six hours. No one was hurt, but it completely blocked the interstate, and the entire interstate, semis, campers, cars, we're all uh, taking the exit, and as we were taking the exit, I looked at Laura and I said, you know what? We're, we're never in Colorado. Let's enjoy this. Like, let's make the best of this. And so we put, pulled off and, 
And I was looking at all the evergreens. Uh, I was driving, but I was literally not moving, so I could look around. I was like, this is, this is okay, it's cool. All right, another evergreen. There's another one. Looks kind of like that one. The last one we saw back there. On and on, and I was trying to stay encouraged, and I was trying, we, this, is, this is fun, this is good. It was good for about 30 minutes. We were on this road for almost three hours. Semis, brakes, and we're going up the summit like this. And we have to go over the top of the summit and then back down again. And I remember as we were going up and, you know, I'm smelling my brake pads, you know, it smells like a charcoal fire. I'm like, oh, that's lovely. That's awesome. I bought myself a brake job. This is great. 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 And so I'm headed up and, and there was a point where we were going and I, and I mean, just, you know, I was trying to stay encouraged and, and I was like, oh, we go around a bend and I was like, all right, we're almost, there. oh, we're not. There's another bend in the road. And we go, and I'm driving, and then there's another bend, and, and we're going, and, and I'm, I just when I think we're getting to the top, I'm like, now, now I'm not even seeing trees. This is how high we are. I'm like, we're not seeing trees. And just as we got up to the top and crested the top of the summit, Laura said, look, it's the Continental Divide! I'm like, what? She goes, look at the sign! We're at the Continental Divide! She didn't really say it like that, but I just I said it. So she's going to kill me for talking like that. I don't talk like that. You need to, people think I talk like that. It's just humor, honey. They love it. They love you. So, okay, so, so we, I'm like, we got it. We pull off and, and we get out and, and, and had a, somebody take a picture, a random stranger, took a picture of us. This is us at the Continental Divide. You're not appreciating that, people. This was an amazing, breathtaking, you don't see any trees because we are way above the tree line. We are at the top of the mountain. We are overlooking the continental divide. God has a destiny for you. And if you're willing to endure the detours, you will get to your destiny. But there are detours on the way to your destiny. And if you persevere and you don't quit and you don't give up, you will reach the summit and you will see the beauty of all that God has for you and you will celebrate the goodness of our God because he is faithful and he is true to his promises. Amen? Verse 25, Jesus said this, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, for my sake, you're going to save it. it. It may not look right right now. It may be messy. Things are maybe not going the way you hoped that they, they would go. I want to encourage you to hold on. Hold, hold on, because for Peter, it was about to become incredible. God was about to have him step into his destiny and his calling. I implore you, when you feel far from your calling, keep 